Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! So it is 1234. And do you know what that means? Mm, time for late lunch. It's one, two, three, four. So whenever it's one, two, three, four, whether, and it's that way twice a day, Joanne always says, make a wish. And so we should wish right now. Let's make a little wish. You ready? Mm. Mm, I got it. I got a good one. Yeah. Got a couple. Can you make, can we make more than one? Can we make? Four, because one, two, three, four. <laughs> sure, real quick. <laughs> What'd you wish for? I can't tell you, it won't come true. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> That's why we should wish for two things and we should say one of them that we don't want to come gonna say. I'm just going to say I'm going to bring extra towels to Long Beach. Hmm. I had a lot to say right there. I was going to say <laughs> several different things and I didn't, I didn't decide enough to say any of them. It's probably for the best. Yeah, probably. So we'll skip over that part. Um, What's happening? How's it going? Well, I think there's a lot more action um, up at upstate. That's huh, funny. Um, mm -hmm. Are you, did you solve your problem? Kind of. I got the problem okay. of taking it apart. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so, nice. So yeah, we had an issue on one of the machines and we had to take some parts apart and it was annihilated. So replacing mm. the part. Oh, I like that too, that you said you had to take some parts apart. Parts I've seen apart. a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of doubles today. Things are two. Funny thing was, is it, it was uh, in a tight spot and bill and brian were back there and basically we were trying to get a pump off of the motor and mm. they were back there prying it trying to get it like that was the problem is basically the shaft inside the pump was like fucked up like it got messed up so we were trying to get the pump off and they were just like fucking pulling and putting uh mm. wrenches in there and pry bars and everything trying to get it off and we're making each other laugh just saying shit back there and it got to the point where we were so like mm. laughing and frustrated that we were all screaming basically and everyone else in the shop is like doing what they're doing and they're all back there like yeah like <laughs> you got that and it's just like screaming at the top of our lungs and it was i was crying for a little while it was really good i think it's so you know when you are so frustrated that you become delirious you know, oh, for or, sure. yeah. or so stressed, you become delirious. That's sort of what happens. It's like a defense mechanism where it just kicks in and you're like, fuck it. It's funny. I don't care anymore. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like at first yeah. you start, you start out pissed, like this sucks. I'm pissed. But then it mm -hmm. eventually, if it's a big enough stressful situation, problem, whatever, then it becomes just funny. Yeah. It's when you're up late mm -hmm. with your friends and you get the giggles. Yeah. It's like everyone's delirious and everything's more than funny because you're exhausted. Mm hmm. Like you, when you used to have sleepovers and mm -hmm. I think I might've told this story before and then you made fun of it like big time, but you would put your head on somebody's stomach and then you'd go in a circle or whatever. And then you would laugh. And then I have I, no I, idea I, what you're talking about. And I really <laughs> want to hear the rest of the story now. 
We're going to skip this story. I feel like you got molested. (laughs) Was that why I need therapy? Probably. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, well. Um, Yeah, today feels like one of those days that there just aren't enough hours. Gosh darn it. I know, for real though. Mm. I woke up this morning and I was, I didn't sleep well. I woke up this morning and I got a notification on my phone Mm -hmm. because I set reminders for like, you know, obviously like appointments and whatnot. And my phone goes off at seven and says, take Grayson to the orthodontist. I was like, fuck, like I already have enough things to do today. Mm. So I had to like go do that whole thing, get back here at like, like 10 30, 11. And then it was the whole thing with fixing the machine and then. Now I'm uh, sitting down with you, bud. Yeah, best part of your day so far, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I won't actually start working at my desk until about three thirty, four o'clock. Well, so sometimes, pretty- sometimes that's good though. You know what I mean? Um, keeps it fresh. Keeps it. It's not mm-hmm. just the same every day, you know. And mm-hmm. so, it's exciting. It's option B. Mm. You live a very exciting life. I think is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Thanks. I try. Yeah. Well, um, here at uh, SK, there um, we were spinning some presses today. Only two of the three. It's just that kind of. I guess it's that kind of week. You know, this is the slowest. Mm-hmm. Is this the second slowest week or third? I don't know. There's a lot of slow weeks right about now, and this is one of those top three or four slowest weeks. I'm not trying to throw this in your face, but like, we just yesterday and today are getting like a bunch of quotes and emails and everything like, oh, I want to order, I want to order, which is good and bad because we were anticipating being slower because basically my core manager staff are all taking next week off <laughs> because we're going to Vegas to fuck around. Oh, and yeah. We're going to go to Long Beach. So it's like all these people are like, can I get this order in now? Is there any way I can get it out by this date? And it's like, mm. like what we were going to do is basically like, put a bunch of easy orders together for next week and just tell the staff like, Hey, like you guys can run these jobs, you know, you shouldn't have any issues. And when you're done with them, like clean the presses and clean the shop and organize and whatever. And like, we'll see you when we get back. Now it's like, Oh fuck, we got a bunch of stuff we got to get done. And we're nervous to like leave it to everybody else to just do. Send it over here. Just send it here. I'm just going to send it along. Yeah, we'll knock it out mm-hmm. and then send it back. That seems efficient. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, be, if, if that's the case, I'll be missing a few pieces or boxes. That's true. If it goes the normal it's way. It's the shirt con curse. Yeah, send extra, like send 10% more than you need, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'll end up with 10% more smalls, mediums, and I will get zero larges. And No, no, no. We'll make sure <laughs> you're just missing... That temp, the right 10%. But, but I'll get a box of cookies afterwards to make up for it. Worth it. Worth it. I just bought a box of cookies um, and shipped them here. Uh, they're called Cheryl's. Have you ever heard of them? They're really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they come individually packaged. So, you know, sometimes you get cookies in a tin or a box or whatever, and they're just all together, and it, it doesn't seem like they stay as fresh. Well, these come individually packaged and they're super fresh. Because they, um, they hate the environment? Yeah, that's why. Okay. And, uh, Just double checking. <laughs> and, they, and, and I shipped them here because um, somebody from our marketing team is going to take them to a, a customer that we, well, not a and customer delivered. yet. That's, 
that's double nice. Yeah, it's not a customer yet. It's a customer we want. Perspective. And so, yeah, we have to get, you know, we ordered the good stuff. Nice. I thought about what to do, you know, like, oh, should we just give them some merch that we do? But that's typical. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, they've right. seen screen printed stuff. And so instead, let, let's give them something that they like food. I think that's how you win someone's heart. We oh, have, for sure. Food. Definitely. Yeah. Like if you're trying to win somebody over, give them something good to eat or make them something good to eat. That's, I agree with that for sure. I was watching, uh, um, I just came across this YouTube video, clicked on it because the, um, the thumbnail was, or, or the title, one, one of the two was really cool. And it's about this, these two guys and they're from Canada and they just go around and, and cook dinner for strangers. And it's not like they're great that chefs. Seems like, that seems like the intro to a serial killer doc <laughs> in like five years. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, they are risking, I guess it is a risk because you're going into someone's home. First of all, you're letting somebody in your home and you don't know who they are, but then you're also going into someone's home. And they're like, yeah, my kitchen's in the basement. Come down here. You this know? is where I keep the knives. <laughs> um, you know, but here's the thing. Like they're, they're doing it to um, make friends. Like you're, they're not going, they're going to all sorts of different people's homes, you know, in different neighborhoods. It doesn't matter. Like there's nothing off limits. And so yeah, you want to spread it out. You don't want it to be a pattern. If they get caught. <laughs> right. You don't want to leave a trail and yeah, right, it's just right. too obvious. Um, and so they, they, um, I just so what they do this. is So what they do is they murder that person after they make a meal, like they fatten them up and then they murder them and then they use the meat from that person to cook the meal for the next person. Why'd you have to make this so terrible? Like it's, I'm it's just a, guessing. This was a heartwarming story. This was a, this was a, like a, a window into humanity. Like for people who are like, oh, we're fucked. You know, the, maybe we're not, maybe we're not, maybe these guys are going to save the world. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're slimming down the population. I get it. They're going to, they're going to save humanity one meal at a time. You like that? I get it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so maybe you and I do something like that. Okay. Sounds good. We'll, we'll make dinner for uh, uh, maybe a listener. You know what I'm saying? Like they can call... There's some sort of competition. We'll fly to wherever they are. I just cook hot dogs in their backyard on the grill. You don't want to go inside. It's too risky. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that's what she said. I'm um, telling you, I used to do that. I used to install appliances for people when I worked at Sears, and I went into a mm. lot of random people's home, like houses. Yeah, and there's a lot of creepy shit in people's homes, especially in the basement where they keep their washer and dryer. And refrigerators yeah but you know they you're the people who like dispatched you there knew where you were going like they had the address mm -hmm. and so you would you wouldn't be in other words like you wouldn't be in the basement in the hole in the basement too long like they'd be put the lotion in the basket or whatever and you would just have to do that maybe one day or two like yeah, maybe i like i like doing that though so you like putting when they lotion gave me lotion <laughs> on the skin <laughs> All right, well, um, let's move on. Let's move okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> boop, 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 boop. 
Well, it all starts with the screen and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, F-F-F-F-F. Rank.com. Or. Greatfuckingscreens.com. Cleaning screens is no fun, but Easyway makes it way more fun. Er. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at easyway.com. Easyway. It's the easiest way. Mm-hmm. GraphX is the source for production-ready digital art and remote art staffing. You want to go to graphicsource.com to learn more about what they offer and let them run your art department so you can focus on running your dreams. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all have, especially you, have lots of dreams. So many dreams. Mm -hmm. And when I mean we're talking about the dreams, not like the dreams you have at night, but like dreams, like you want to goals, like be a, dreams. Be a firefighter. <laughs> yeah. It's too, I missed the boat on that. Like they would, mm -hmm. you know, you can't be over like, I don't know, 30 something. Probably with anyway, your back, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to carry any. My back's feeling pretty dang good. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. Okay. Um, my, the hose that I would have to use would be a lot like thinner, like a garden hose. I like, it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big hoses are remote and this <laughs> can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Chad, take that out. Nope. Choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated and that's why we love Chromaline. Go to chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids or contact him on Instagram at the Emulsion Guru and get the answers you would love to hear. Would love to hear. From Kevin. From the voice of an angel. Uh, look, if you're not using DTF or screen print transfers in your shop, you're doing it all wrong. We partnered with Howard Custom Transfers to get you the transfers you need fast. So check them out at howardct.gov. <laughs> yeah, <they're>, they are. <laughs> they are officially um, part government of the government agency. Yeah. yeah, that's their, their, their real deal. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's howardcd.com. Dot com. <laughs> so, so lame. Like, mm -hmm. who is this guy that's reading our thing? Can, can you find somebody else? Because I like listening to you do it. All right. So there we are. Hey, what do we got to say, bud? D, today we are talking with the super creative duo, Ranger and Polito at Norman Roscoe in Denton, Texas. Hey, guys. What's up, boys? Hey, guys. What's up? How are y'all doing? Going, boys? Good. It's, uh, we were just talking about how it's one of those days where, like, everything falls on your lap all at once, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I have 30 projects I have to get done today, and I'm not going to get any of them, like, fully accomplished. Yes. Yep. Got that reminders list on my phone. I, I live, <laughs> live and die by that, but it's sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. well that's exactly what i was saying is i woke up this morning like already like i don't want to get out of bed and then i had a reminder hit me at seven this morning it was like take your son to the orthodontist and i was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it goes my son is going to need to go to the orthodontist eventually and he asks about it a lot just because both myself he's, and my wife had, to the dentist. <laughs> well it's so crazy because he's actually done amazing at the dentist which i'm still scared of the dentist 
And he did amazing, got a filling and he was worried about braces. And I said, dude, if you got through getting a filling, like you're good, like braces, I've not had braces in a long time, but I have to assume the technology has gotten even better. And I don't remember like it. I mean, obviously there's some stretching, you know, but it's, you know, it's, it's over horrible. time. It's not like they do it all at yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, Sure. <laughs> We're going to do Visalign, dude. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, a I, tough, uh, that'd be a tough job, right? Being a dentist. I mean, it's nobody really wants to like show up at your, where you are. They like, they dread it. They're nervous. They're crying sometimes, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. Tough. Yeah. It's a tough racket. I bet. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's also fun though, too, because they get to mm-hmm. fuck around with the people. Like they get to be like, lay him down, put the mouth stretcher in like all the things. <laughs> and then they start asking them questions. Like they can actually answer. Yeah. My dental hygienist is the worst about that. She wants a full blown convo in the middle of it. I'm like, <laughs> girl, this is not the time you're talking about your son who lives out in California or whatever she's wanting to talk about. And then they put that like suction thing in your mouth that always gets stuck <laughs> to the inside of your cheek and you feel like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk about the dentist for an hour. Yeah. Well, Andy, I want to hear about your back. I didn't know you were having any issues until it was like a big welcome back for you. And I, what was going on there? Wow. What a year um, last year was. So I herniated a disc and um, a lot of times when you, when people do that, uh, I would say, I think it's like something in the ballpark of like 80% recover just fine. And, um, m- not me though. Mine was a pretty bad one and, uh, gave me sciatica down the leg, chronic pain for like a year. It was ab- really miserable <laughs> and eventually got surgery though. And like straight up my, my surgeon like saved me in, in so many ways because I was, I had fallen into the abyss, uh, I like to put it, of um, serious depression and, you know, because it's debilitating. And when you have, uh, I haven't had a, a health event like this, like that, like in my entire life. And so I've, I had, I was, I was really thinking like, hey, I had a good run and this is it. You know, like it's, it's over, you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, he asked me to smother it, him with it, a pillow like three or four times. I mean. <laughs> It's, it's, it's crazy how when you uh, are in so much pain and then you don't really have any hope of like getting better uh, and you're losing sleep and, and you're on meds and all these things like you, it's just so wild that my life ended up there and then I was ready to like throw in the towel. But uh, I, I got the, this great surgeon and I had surgery on November 1st. The recovery has been, uh, it's not very linear. And so like that was also difficult because you're, there's ups and downs, but now I am here very pain-free. Um, it's very, it's just like tiny bit in the background. I'm still got a little bit to go, but you know, like it's, uh, and also in, in mentally I'm feeling, um, pretty good too. I've got my bud Dylan, um, that I get to talk to, you know, and, and you guys, and it's like, um, puts me in a good mood. And so, um, yeah, well, thanks for asking. Appreciate it. Yeah. So you guys, yeah. you guys have to be great then. Like you have to <laughs> yeah. Andy's, like <laughs> keep him from those dark thoughts. <laughs> no, I, I had a herniated, two, two discs, uh, three years ago. And, um, it was the worst pain I've ever been in my life and couldn't get out of bed. I, my wife had never seen me cry before. And I was, you know, crying like a baby and couldn't get in my car. And I tried everything, Kratom to, you know, steroid injections to everything. And like you said, 80%, it goes away and that's what it did for me, but it took six months mm. yeah. uh, to, to finally go away. And I still get scared when I lift something heavy or, you know, cause I don't know what 
brought it on. You know, I, I still to this day don't know all of a sudden what makes your back start doing that after years of being okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, I also have like PTSD, I guess you could call it like from just, cause you never want to go back to that pain. And so like when I get out of bed or I stand up from a chair or, or anything that may have like aggravated it, you know, in, in the past, I'm still like waiting for that to, to happen. And so I think that's slowly going away though. I'm getting more confident and moving around, yeah. but yeah. How did, so yeah. that that's the exactly where you're supposed to do though, is what you did is try conservative stuff. Don't go like surgery's last resort. You know, you need to try yeah. and do, do natural stuff and see if your body can, you know, give it a chance anyway to, to, to heal on its own. And sounds like yours did. Yeah. So. Yeah. I made the mistake of getting on Reddit and all these places, like finding other people who had been through it and hearing that, Oh, I've had pain for 16 years now. It's never gone away. And so I got into this dark place of thinking that it was going to be permanent too, because then I also heard that surgery isn't hundred percent. Sometimes right. it doesn't completely cure it. So right. it's scary, man. It's scary. I didn't know that back pain could be what it is. And yeah, it's, it's brutal. So I fell asleep at Andy's house while we were watching TV by the fire and he was trying to be so kind to like scoop me up and pick me up and carry me to, to bed. And it's just really <laughs> That's what it started. <laughs> yeah, it just really blew his back out. But. I like that story. That's a good way. That's a good story to tell. Yeah, we'll keep... try, you know, covered me with a blanket and walked away in pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's things going down there at uh, the Roscoe? Great. It's a great day. We're on the beautiful downtown Denton Square where our, our shop is and we have the sun, sun is uh, peering in and we got uh, the whole gang here down below us uh, today. Uh, it's been it was a good good year and we're, we've been talking a lot about about 24 and we're really excited for um, new things ahead. So yeah. I was going to say one thing like we talked before, but I kind of want to get into that all again. But like you guys are mainly focused on like retail specifically for your town right like you're not doing as much like customer work or is it kind of 50 50 at this point it's a little bit well no it's it's more like 75 percent is still customer work and 25 percent is retail we'd like to make tip the scale more to retail where it's more like 50 50 um i just think we showcase our retail a lot more than we show our production side of the shop but yeah our our, our big revenue stream is still production um but I think our where our heart really is. We we love working with customers, um, but the retail part is 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 more sexy and more fun for us. And right. I think we get a little bit more excited about that a lot of times. That we've just it's the dream is that our own brand could be something bigger than it is now. But it just takes such a long time for people to buy in and to really believe in what you're doing and want to wear your own brand on 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 themselves. I mean, we have people that do it, but there's no formula to that. It's really hard to get people fully bought into it, but yeah. Um, yeah. Can you go back into your background a little bit? Cause you kind of have an interesting, like how you got into it with the whole like vintage clothing thing. Uh, so Polito and I met at Texas A&M, we were both students there. Um, and my second year in school, I found this connection to vintage graphic tees, like tees from the 70s and 80s i uh, found places i could go and dig for eight hours a day and i got obsessed to the point that i was pulling anything and everything that i thought was cool 
And it turned into something where uh, this is 1999, 2000, those years. So it was a little bit ahead of the curve in Japan. This was already really big, but in the US, Abercrombie and places like that were just starting to kind of imitate this vintage style. So it was a little bit of training in the beginning of, of, of getting people on board with the vintage thing. But I'd started doing stuff through eBay and selling overseas and all that kind of stuff. And eventually started a little brick and mortar in College Station where we were living. And Polito and I were you know, good friends and he'd come and hang out a lot. And um, so that was kind of the genesis of our friendship and the genesis of us kind of having a dream of doing business together someday is me starting that and Polito having a, a, an entrepreneurial spirit as well. And us saying, man, one day we need to do something together we just didn't know what that would be. And the way that screen printing came into the into the fold was I would get vintage blanks. So these were blank t-shirts, Screen Stars or Russell or whatever the brands were from those time, from that time. I get blank ones and and when I go dig or get shipments sent to me, um, and I just put them aside, you know, two or three every shipment. At the end of the year, I might have a hundred blank tees that were all unique and cool. And my shop is called Northgate Vintage. So I had a logo that I wanted to screen print my logo on those blank vintage tees. And so I just bought a simple single color press from Ryanette and learned how to do DIY screen printing up in the, how uh, we had a little balcony in, in our, in our um, townhome that we lived in at the time. And it was very, very grunge, very just like, I didn't know what I was doing, but it was good enough to have a vintage vibe. And so started screen well, that's, printing that's the cool so, thing about the vintage print is you can fuck it up and it's still cool and that's still what we do in our own shop it's like dan will print a lot of retail for us he's like hey rangers is this passable i'm like well yeah it's passable it looks you know it, right. it's hard it's hard to not be passable um so uh fast forward 10 years i got out of the vintage thing and and i was had another business that i'd gotten out of and around 2012 um i took a job about 30 minutes from denton and Polito was already living here. He had moved here right after college to join the band that he's in now still and um, was very deep immersed in that industry. And my wife was a school teacher, still is. And his wife was working for Nordstrom as a visual merchandising manager and living in Nashville at the time, setting up a store there. And so I moved in with him while my wife was finishing the school year. And we just kind of were bachelor's roommates again, literally, <laughs> literally for six months. And so he was going on tour to, uh, to Europe um, and said, Hey, it'd be cool if we could get some posters for this small run of shows. We don't have a lot of room to carry any more merch than that. Do you think we could do that? And so I said, well, I know how to screen print enough that I think we could do a poster. And so we went to the basement, cranked out like 200, 300 posters, laying them all on the floor, letting them air dry with speedball ink. And that's when the light bulb went off. We said, dude, this is great. This is something that I think we could both have fun doing. You've got a great network of connections in the music industry. And I was really into the whole know-how behind screen printing. And I knew that I would do the, the diligence and the work to learn how to do it well, if we took this seriously enough. And so that's when it began. We just started we printed for a few of his tours and, and a couple friends here and there. And it got to be more and more serious to the point that then we needed a name, then we needed a real space, then we needed everything else that comes along with growing, as y'all know. Um, but it was a very organic process and neither one of us had screen printing in our blood. It was more of just something that I happened to learn how to do as a byproduct of having a retail store. And then we found a way that both of our things that we were already involved in could mesh and do something together. Um, but I think that's also why the retail part is still so important to both of us is because 
that's what started our friendship. That's what started everything um, with us was the retail front, that Northgate Vintage shop that uh, originally was, you know, going on all through my 20s. Do you still dabble in the vintage stuff other than like your own brand stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still really into it. I'm probably, I probably love it more now than I ever did then because when I was doing it full time as a career, it was stressful. And so I started to associate the vintage thing with bills and everything else that now that I don't have to rely on it, I really can enjoy it. And it's really fun. And I still, I guess I get such a high when you get an old, you know, seventies Led Zeppelin tea or, or, you know, something from an old Pepsi uniform or whatever it is, you know, it's just Mm. still a thrill. A lot of it's because of the nostalgia. I'm a very nostalgic person, but also because of the craftsmanship of what went on in that time, it's just, things were just done really well. Uh, everything American made and um, the uniqueness of it. I think there's so much that goes into the psyche of why people like vintage to begin with. I mean, it's, that's a whole psychological case study right there in itself. Um, yeah. We still have a couple racks in our retail shop with, with vintage yeah. clothing yep. mixed in with our other product. And it's crazy how much some of that stuff goes for too. Like, I'm not in that world, but like, I see all the time, like people selling like vintage Harley tees or whatever. And it's like, Oh, $200 t-shirt or something. Harley's big right now. That's a real big one. Um, and like I said, this all started in Japan and back in the mid nineties is whenever kids and kids in Japan, when they turned 16, they weren't getting cars. They were getting first edition Jordans. They were getting like in that culture back then, to express yourself when you came of age, it was through clothing a lot of times. So you, they'd get old Levi 501s from the 60s or they'd get a, whatever it was. It was this Americana thing that that Japanese kids were, were and may still be obsessed with and wanting to emulate this golden era of the United, United States. Converse, you know, the Chuck Taylors, the, the cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve. It's a very interesting, that's a very interesting. And then J- Japan usually ahead of the curve on fashion. So then it comes over to the U.S. later, you know, maybe five, six years later, it starts to to hit here. Do you find that you get good sales? Like, do you ship stuff to Japan? Like people? We, that's how I started. I, I would I would get stuff and then the, the margins were so good if I sold it overseas. Um, but I don't anymore. Um, eBay's gotten, I don't do much on eBay anymore, but it's just gotten different. It's, it's a whole different... It's a whole different arena than it was when I first got into it. I mean, back then there was no PayPal. It was money orders or cash. People would send without tracking from mm-hmm. France or Japan or wherever. And you just get an envelope in the mail with trust, mm-hmm. somebody trusting you to ship something back. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's crazy looking back on that. Joanne's parents still send cash to our, for Christmas, like in a card <laughs> in or in the a mail. box. And yeah, like, I can't believe it. It's still, there's still cash there. Um, you said 501s, uh, Levi 501s. Were those the button flies? Yes. And, and, and the ones that I'm talking about were, a, they were, it's called single stitch. Um, back then the, the, if you look on the back of Levi's the little red tab, uh, now it's a lowercase E after the L in Levi's, but back then it was an uppercase E. So they called them big E Levi's. So if you got a pair of biggies is what they call them. You could be sitting on a thousand dollars, $2,000 for that pair of jeans, or if they have a red selvage line going through the, the inner seam of, uh, of the jeans, or if they've got, uh, uh, copper rivets instead of metal rivets or let's say during world war ii when there were the rations going on instead of stitching the yellow stitch on the back pocket they were painting it on there so if you got a pair of levi's with a painted st- stitch instead of a, mm. a sewn in stitch it could be a five thousand dollar pair of jeans and if they're size 30 30 because that's the perfect fit for 
maybe somebody overseas who would want to be wearing them, they're worth even more. So there's a whole thing behind the Levi's craze, but that's just one small segment of, of vintage. But you can see why people can get obsessed with the hunt because you just never know what you're going to find. Which is crazy to me because these people are spending you know, like you said, like $1,500 on a pair of jeans and you see that guy or girl walking down the street in this, this fashion and they just look like a homeless person and they just have like a <laughs> shitty ratty shirt on an old pair of jeans. And you're like, wow, this dude's, you know, roughing it. And you find out he's got a $4,000 outfit on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. It's yeah, crazy. You're, you're sounding old, Dylan. You sound like I know. I, I'm fucked. I'm <laughs> at that age where now where it's, I'm just a bitter, grumpy old man. Um, so how did that all play into? I know you were saying you you decided to get into screen printing and do that, but I feel like you guys have a very specific feel and marketing strategy with all that, especially with the van and all things you know together. I mean, it's it's been really a, an organic thing. You know, a lot of what we well, I mean, I would I would like to think everything that we do is is it's just an expression of our ourselves and uh, what the things that we love and and our friendship and and also sometimes just shooting from the hip, you know that that truck. <laughs> like most things, it's just something we start talking about, and if we start talking about it, then we start doing searches for it. Before you know it, I've got a friend in Pennsylvania test driving the truck for <laughs> us up there, and it's saying, "Hey, it's in pretty good condition," and then we throw out a price, they accept it before we know it. We're finding someone to ship the truck down from Pennsylvania. It comes in at like late at night and yeah. he comes over and we have pictures of that night and video. We were like two kids on Christmas morning oh, yeah. driving this little truck around the block. That was, it's a three on the, on the tree. So we also weren't familiar with what is first gear, second reverse. We're ask, asking the, the, the truck driver. Um, <laughs> right <laughs> like i don't know yeah i don't know and then you know before too long we had our sticker machine uh print out of some vinyl to put on there and we put it together over at ranger's house and found a guy that dealt in old ford pickups and took it to him he had it for a couple weeks to get it in good condition and after the fact we were like that was a pretty good investment that was a really cool thing but in the moment it was it was kind of one of those just uh just escalation. Uh, yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's buying bubblegum at the cash register. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a lot of how our business has gone up to this point is like, even today we're, we're three days ago, we're talking about getting into direct to film and embroidery this year. And we're going to look at equipment tomorrow. And a lot of times that's how we operate. We'll, we'll, one of us will throw out a feeler. If the other one kind of grabs onto it a little bit, then we'll start encouraging each other. And then before you know, we're figuring out how to make it work. And that's with our first auto to our second auto to everything in our shop has been that way. It's never been a really long thought out calculated um, decision-making. I, I, I will say though, even though it, you know, it sounds like we're, we're being irresponsible. I think, I think we do always try to keep ourselves in check of saying, okay, what's the out if, if this doesn't work, like what, you know, obviously you can always resell something, you know, but I think those are, that's always going on in our mind of, okay, if we're getting this, how much does it cost? Of course, what do we really feel like we're outsourcing and losing maybe in that um, if it's embroidery, let's say, or the DTF, it's like, well, what business are we turning away? Because the, the, just the numbers are too low and we, we, we don't really have the time um, and bandwidth to take that order. But now with, this technology we could incorporate that into our model and and maybe this employee who's doing x for 
you know, however many hours a day could kind of switch over and, and, and help do some of these orders. Those are things, especially coming into the new year, that's been really exciting and fresh new for us to just utilize the space. When we first got into this space to answer your question from earlier, and it was just retail, it was like a hundred percent like consignment and like wholesaling. We didn't believe, well, I don't say we didn't believe, but at the time we didn't feel like all of our own product was going to be able to, to move, you know, whether it be we're in, in Denton, we have kind of a small footprint. We have one employee productions on the other side of town. So we didn't have production in the same facility. So we were just had some trepidation about trying to go, okay, let's just fill a shop with a bunch of stuff right. that it's not going to move. And we literally had this backdrop that it was, the, it was the same company that, printed the backdrops for our band and he printed up a backdrop with the Norman Roscoe logo. And, you know, the building is about a good 3000 square feet, but we just had the, the backdrop pushed all the way up to the front. So it was just maybe like a 500 square mm-hmm. foot and little by little, we'd move the, 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 the backdrop back as we created more space for more product. We started doing like fun markets and inviting other makers in and we would have them all set up and, it just, it just became a, a, a space that we've been able to evolve and use more to fast forward when we were able to move production in here. And that really brought the whole vision, I think, together where you're shopping retail, you see the production in the back. We're obviously able to test stuff easily by putting it out on the floor. We even have a rack of just test prints that don't have any more space to print on and, and they move. People will, you know, will buy them. So it's, it's kind of fun to have that that mixture. Um, and also as that, like Ranger was saying, as that, that, that a balance of 75 to 25, um, exists with retail. Now we're looking at possibly, you know, uh, changing the balance even a little bit more towards retail one, because yes, we love it Two, the margins just great on, on stuff that we're printing ourselves. And also, even though we're in Denton and obviously we have our retail shop here, we're, as we've done more like live events and kind of gotten out of Dodge a little bit, it's really been neat to interact with, with folks and, and encouraging to see them respond to our, our own created, uh, you know, designs and items. Mm -hmm. Do you feel Mm -hmm. like the designs and whatnot that you're making there at the store are, constantly seeing new people or do you feel like your dent and pool of people kind of all know what you have? And then, you know, do you feel like you constantly have to reinvent your designs or yourself to, to bring them constantly back in? It's a mix. We definitely, you know, you have your locals that were on the busiest, busiest part of town as a square. Um, and so you've got people that probably frequent the square twice a month and they might pop in and we, we try to give, three, four new designs a month in our shop. So you, we do have something new, but it's also, it's a college town. So you do have a lot of people passing through all the time that are visiting, whether it's for their children or visiting the campus to maybe potentially come here or just come in here for any other reason, because we're passed through from Oklahoma to Dallas. Um, so I think we do get a lot of people that it's their first time in Denton. they just want to come to the square and we happen to be on the stop. Um, right. so yeah, I, but we do, we do, we are conscious of that saying, Hey, we don't want to be stale. We're selling the same shirt from four years ago. It's still at the front, you know, and, and they're saying, yeah, these guys are cool, but it's the same old stuff. Every time you come in. Mm-hmm. When, when you say square, what kind of, uh, like what location 
Describe your location. Is it a main street, like a walkable area where people are shopping from store to store? Uh, because I think there's probably a lot of people that are considering, oh, it would be it'd be pretty rad if we had a, our own shirt line or our own, you know, um, brand, I guess. But but maybe they're off a, the strip. They're on a dead end or who knows what. I mean, how much does it play into the fact like where your location is or or does it not? Like what what was your opinion on that? I think it. It, it has played into to our success, uh, you know, retail wise, especially um, a great deal. Uh, the, the downtown square has a courthouse in, in the, the middle of the square. Then around it, like you were saying, it has restaurants and cafes and bars. And there are Denton has grown to where now the different arms of the, the square have have uh you know, same things, you know, so people do walk and ride around the square. Um, and there's events that we'll have where they block off the, the roads altogether and it's totally walkable and it's palpable when that happens of just the, the foot traffic and people that come through and to Ranger's point, we forget how new it is to people so often because of the cyclical nature of just new bodies coming through town. Um, and, and that, you know, that I guess that's always the case when you have two big universities. But, you know, we were part of uh, probably an era where folks started to stick around and invest in something that they wanted to do. The square was kind of a ghost town for uh, a long while, you know, when I first moved here and a lot of the uh, just energy population commerce happened like where the mall is, you know, like that's, that's where things were happening. And then things have slowly moved back. Um, and it's even, we're at another time, just really, uh, you know, COVID obviously was a big catalyst to just to try to stay afloat. Um, and now we're seeing, I think folks that might have, uh, moved away, somebody coming in and then populating a building that maybe was just sitting there or, or, maybe it's sold um, uh, and a business is no longer there. And now there's somebody else coming in and those types of things, obviously just having more options and filled buildings uh, with a business help us because you just get inherent traffic to Ranger's point. We're right next to a restaurant and a candy shop and a comic book store and an arcade. And of course there's gotta be some overflow that happens for all of us just because of the the close nature. Um, I do think there is still something to be said if you're not like on the square or on the main strip, For sure. but it has helped us, you know, just get an easier, um, traffic. You're um, getting like the impulse buy of somebody just walking by and looking in the window. Yeah. They could know, be on the wait at yep. the restaurant and they come, come on by. Mm, and, happens and all the time. Something. That happens all the time. Yeah. So you have late hours. I take it like you're not normal retail nine to five, like you stay open in the evening and things. Yeah. The, the way our, our shop normally works, um, Monday through Friday, our production team gets here between eight 30 and nine. Um, and we'll meet as a team first thing in the morning, kind of get a layout of, of, of what's going on for the day. Everyone gets their, their duties and you know how that goes. And then 11 is whenever we'll officially, we'll, we'll have our doors open before 11 for a, a, a print customer. If they want to come pick up their order or come talk to us about an order or whatever, but our retail is kind of loosely open. If somebody came in and they wanted to shop, I might jump up on the register or somebody else. Everyone knows how to basically work the register enough that they could work with an early customer, but we really officially opened at 11 for retail every day. And then our production ends at five, but our retail will stay open till seven. Uh, during the week, Fridays and Saturdays uh, will be open till nine at night. 
um, and with no production on Saturday or Sunday. So there's some overlap in there. And what's, what's also nice about uh, having the retail is that anyone that works up in the retail, they're not busy the full day. Uh, so there's times that sometimes they might be doing a hat order for a customer or helping us stack shirts in the back while they're waiting on a customer to come in. So having that, that employee, if they're the right employees, not everyone can do this, but if they're the right ones that can multitask, they can kind of be a flex person, work front mm -hmm. and, and the back a little bit. And that's been really nice. And we don't have a lot of turnover here. So, you know, most of the girls that work in the retail have been here since COVID. And so, the, you know, the longer you're somewhere, you, the more you kind of learn the operation of the shop and the flow and the heartbeat of it to where they can kind of in the back of their head and know what's going on, maybe back in production, even while they're working at retail. And they could be like, oh, I know nobody's on the, on the end of that dryer right now. And I've already kind of gotten all my stuff done. I'll go back there for 15 minutes while it's slow up here and, and help stack or whatever the case is. Are you trying to teach the people who are doing the retail and help selling and stuff up there like about printing? So if someone comes in and says they want to place a bulk order or do they forward them to somebody else? They're like, oh, well, I can't help you, but so-and-so can. We, we used to try to help them be, be, be a, a, you know, a salesperson for our print, but we found that it, it honestly did more harm than good because they could promise something or kind of allude that we could do something that maybe we couldn't. And it was just a little bit too, the nuance wasn't, it was obvious to the person working. So now we just say, look, here's our minimum. Here's this, that, the kind of the, the big picture barriers, but here's a card, here's Ruth's cards, email her and she'll help you all, um, you know, from A to Z with this order. Right. So a, yeah, yes, they're a gatekeeper a little bit, but we, we still, we still want them to go to the person who that's their job every day. Cause they're going to be better at giving the details and explaining it than the person working retail most of the time. Yeah. See, that's my struggle is like, I have the opportunity to be kind of on a square as well in uh, a town next kind of nearby to me. But that's my fear is like, <clears throat> nobody here lives close enough to basically want to run that store and whoever would have to run that store, I feel like we would need to have some print knowledge or order taking knowledge because that's the point. Like I want it there to be in that town to where people can come pick up orders or place orders or whatever. Like, yeah, I might do some retail in there, but the focus would be to just have another location for people to place orders. It's like a satellite. Yes. Yeah, right. Location. But then that's what I mean. It's like, I would need somebody, A, the hours are funky. Cause like you said, like you can't just be nine to five with a retail, like you need that later hours. So people after work can come and shop and everything else, but also to have somebody knowledgeable. And it's not like you can do just one person too. Like I would have to have like multiple employees to trade in and out. It's not like I can say I have one human being to run the store and they're working, you know, 11 to seven every day of the week. And what if they're sick or whatever, you know, like there's yep. complicated. Right. Yeah. Or I think Andy, you brought this up before, like safety concerns of just having one person in the store. Like right. what if they have to go to the bathroom or what if somebody creepy walks in, like there's no extra person to just like get in the middle of it. We, when that's so, you know, the first two or three years that we had this space and we were still across town doing production, we did exactly what you're saying. We had one person run it 11 to seven every day. And it, it's not ideal. I mean, it was okay at the time because this was just kind of a one foot in one foot out thing for us that we didn't know if we were going to get kicked out a month from then or six months from then it definitely didn't have the permanence that it has now. But um, yeah, relying on one person it, and there's, there's this very real thing of burnout when somebody's autonomous and doing that every day, 
it's very hard to keep them motivated and and for them to really own that that position day in day out and be enthusiastic with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill, and this might be the the perfect scenario for us to like if they're all alone in the shop, we could approach that person and offer them if we you know like we could cook a meal for you. You know, like we were maybe they have maybe no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we were saying earlier how um, hold on, hold on. Listen to what he has to say and tell me how creepy you think this is. <laughs> I saw this, I was on YouTube and I saw this title. And so I clicked on it and started watching this video of these two guys and they go around to and knock on people's doors and ask them if they can cook dinner for them or a meal or whatever it is. And they usually get, I would say, several rejections in a row before someone actually says yes. Obviously. But, but they they do this because they're trying to... Um, just create a sense of um, community, I guess, or like they're get to get to know somebody like a stranger, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I thought it was a really interesting video and it gave me hope for humanity. But at the same time, it is very like we were joking earlier how we could we would go in there and they would say, yeah, come down to my basement where my kitchen is or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's over. What I'm saying, think about you at home in like your fucking comfy clothes <laughs> and so two bros show up at your door. And they're like, can I come in and make you dinner? <laughs> There's no yeah. way. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like I, I, I mean, I'm <laughs> humans have have kind of screwed things up for you know uh, scenarios sometimes where you always mm. go to the worst, and I w- I wish that wasn't the case, but it's like like you said, <laughs> you, like you just laid out. It's like it's hard to think. Wait, there's no hidden agenda. You just want to just cook a meal and have some community. No, what's the catch here? You know, right. uh, so maybe, maybe one, one meal at a time, we'll get back to, uh, you know, that type. I like of that. Mindset. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they're, they're, that, um, it's don't take so, his side. Don't take his side. No, no, no. I, th- I think, so here's the thing. I have a story. I was in, I can't remember. I might've been in college still, or maybe just out, uh, just got out and I had bought this new car. It was, well, it was a used car, but it was new to me. And it was the second or third day I ever had it. I had to drive to Chicago to visit one of my friends. So I'm on the highway coming home from Chicago to St. Louis. And all of a sudden my windshield wipers go like this and they go really, really fast. And then they just fly off. And then the car dies on the side of the road and in the middle of like, I don't know, nowhere. And so I start, I get out of the car and start walking down the highway. And this is like worst case scenario, right? You don't want to ever have to do that because you're immediately like, I could be murdered. And so this car pulls over in front of me and I get up to it and they're like, Hey, yeah, you need a ride. Looks like your car broke down. It was a guy and a girl. And it was, I almost got in that car, but it was a two door car. And so I would have been in the back seat without like an escape hatch or whatever. If something went like, you know, sour, but I, uh, so I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to walk until the next ex- exit. I'm good. And they go, well, fuck you then. And then they just peeled out <laughs> and started driving. And I'm like, I probably just saved my own life. You know? like, we, we, have a, we have a, uh, a similar story that <laughs> happened recently, but it, it actually panned out well, if, uh, if I may. Um, so we, we've been trying to do some, uh, we used to live print early on and we stopped for a while. And now we've kind of brought it back. Um, we're selective, but, but, you know, we like to, get out there and it's been a fun, um, thing for us to do. And we, uh, went out to the Texas monthly barbecue fest, uh, this year out in Lockhart, Texas. And we 
took my truck and, and, and our trailer and we drove down there and we were about maybe like 15, 20 minutes out of where we were, we were staying, um, for the night before the, the fest the next morning. And we, we were filling up the gas and the, the truck wouldn't start. And it's just like, your mind just starts going through all those, what, man, what we're going to have to rent a truck, get the trailer over there, you know, unload this stuff, put you know, what, whatever, like, well, I fill up the truck and one of the guys that was with us goes and starts obviously asking somebody to jump a car or something that probably just seems so like, yeah, my car's dead. I'm going to ask somebody and they're going to come over and jump it. But now just seems like a bigger ask, you know, it's not, it's not a a sure thing that somebody's going to say yes. Well, the first guy that he goes over to says, yeah, come over. He drives his car over and I actually had cables and we put them on and, uh, it's, it's, it's not, not turning. And we're obviously aware of his time. We don't want to take too much time. He says, well, what if I pulled my battery out of my car and put it in yours just to see if that worked? We're like, wow, wow. That's <laughs> kind of you, but, um, I don't want you Get to go in, that start far. Up, leave double birds. <laughs> <Yeah. on the laughs> <window. laughs> that would yeah, that would have been a, a, a cool ending of the story, but <laughs> another guy comes over and he's got jumper cables in like a battery charger itself that, mm. that should charge a little bit quicker. And so we put that on there and he's works for an auto company and the other guy's like, are y'all good? And we're like, yeah, this, if this doesn't work, you know, we're going to have to do something else anyway. So he's like, okay, well, you know, best of luck. He takes off. So same thing. He's got the plugs on there and, we wait a while and it just really never turns in a way that we're like, it's getting closer. So we look at the time and AutoZone had closed and Walmart was still open, but the auto department had closed. And that was our last, you know, option. And so we're like, man, we're just going to get a, a ride or walk over to the Walmart on the other side of the, the highway. And he's like, Oh man, I'll, I'll take you over there. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Uh, okay. Um, and I thought maybe one of the guys was going to come like, with I'm, me. I'm going to stay with the truck. <laughs> He's like, I have candy and puppies in the backseat yeah. too. So I take, the, we take the battery out and I go over to his car and his wife's in the car as well. So I'm like, I guess I'm riding in the back. So. He's like, he's like, you like her. You think she's pretty. <laughs> so, so I'm just like in the car, back of the car. They've got, I, I don't know. Just like, I don't even know what was on the radio, but just, no, we weren't really talking. There was was just like, man, thank you. I really appreciate it. We get to Walmart and I was like, man, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, uh, you guys are so kind. He's like, well, we'll wait for you out here in the parking lot. I'm like, wow. Like, are you sure? Um, they're like, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. So I go in there and they had already locked up all the batteries and there was nobody in the auto department. So I'm frantically looking around for anybody at Walmart, which is not my favorite place to be anyways, um, at 10 at night and finally find somebody that's basically says, I got to go find the overnight manager, you know, finds the overnight manager. He comes over, unlocks it, get the battery, check out. And the guy is still there with his wife had been like 30 minutes. Probably it took way longer than I had hoped. And, uh, they drove me all the way back and dropped me off with the guys, put the battery in, started right up. And we were on our way, but I was Not like, nice. So, yeah. It's so kind. I'm like, these people 
do exist, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was encouraging. It was. And what you didn't know is that they took little hair clippings off of you while you were in the back of the car and they went home and made dolls out of it. <laughs> See, that's where my brain goes. Like you guys are like in the like, oh, like people are good. And I'm like, there's there's, there's an angle here somewhere. I think like, I think what we learned from this story is don't get a ride with Dylan anywhere. <laughs> I kind of have a little a quick story like this. I, just, I don't remember all the details because I was probably like eight years old. But like me and my dad and my brother were in my dad's old square body like s10 or uh, not s10 but like just chevy pickup truck and uh there was this guy because i live out in the middle of nowhere and my dad lives kind of like even more out in the middle of nowhere and there was this guy that we know that basically lived like up past my dad that was kind of homeless and he made himself like a shed basically like he had a little wood stove he just like lived in, he, i guess he had a home but it was a very small home and uh we were getting ready to turn on our road from town to like go up the hill and it's almost you know it's basically like late fall early winter and the dude was just like walking because he has no car he, he had to walk all the way to town it was probably you know like five ten miles or something and uh my dad pulls over because he knows him he's like hey do you want to ride well i guess like as my dad turned onto the road to ask him if he wanted a ride a police officer was like just passing uh to continue on the other road and uh during that time of the cop passing and the cop decided to turn around, um, the guy got in the truck. So it was like my dad, me and my brother, obviously, you know, seatbelts back then. And then the the guy and the cop like whips around, comes up behind us, turns the lights on. You hear him like yelling and then like he called for backup and like like three, four other cop cars come up behind him and they're all yelling and like, you know, get out of the vehicle, like all this sort of stuff. The dude was carrying a coal shovel. And they thought he had a, like a rifle and was like holding us hostage and like making us get in the car. So here they are like telling us not to get out and like to, you know, hold our hands up and like all this other stuff. And then the dude like gets out and shows the cop like it's a fucking coal shovel. And then the cop just like, you know, he that had to have like been super embarrassing for him to like call all this back up and like everything. And it was just like a friend picking up a friend who needed a ride for like five miles. And that cop was starving for an, for an adventurous day, man. <laughs> right. He was hoping yeah. that like this guy was like taking us hostage and he could like <laughs> shoot some people on the side of the road. But it didn't it didn't quite play out that way. <laughs> so back to screen printing. Um why i know you guys kind of said you were talking about like uh you know it would help alleviate some stress with employees or whatever but like what's the thinking behind getting the you you said you were looking into dtf and other equipment like why do you want to go that route versus like ordering it out or are you are you ordering it out or you want to get a machine we're, we're ordering it out now uh through supercolor or any of the other big players in it right now. And uh, we order it quite a bit, uh, whether it's for hats or for uh, certain promo items or even some shirts, we'll, we'll do it. And um, uh, it's been fine. It's a little expensive um, and a little bit of a, a barrier to entry with Supercolor, especially on their on their minimums. Not terrible, but sometimes it's not doesn't make sense, even with the 10. Right. Um, and so we happen to have somebody cold call us uh, last week, uh, and they're about 10 miles from us. And he said, hey, I, I'm a fan of y'all's. I like your store. And I think I have a product that could be a good fit. And I said, okay, uh, well, yeah, if you want to come during normal business hours, like we can talk for 10 and 15 minutes. So he comes by and he did mention it was for a DTF product. So I thought it was going to be transfers. And um, and he said, yes, I, I, I offer that. But really, 
I want to talk, tell you about the machinery that, that we sell. And it's a full on, it prints the, it prints them and goes through this up and down machine that then sprinkles the powder on it as it goes through the machine. And he sells the, the, the heat presses that are pneumatic and are automatic back and forth where you can have two going at the same time and kind of gave us this whole little nickel tour through his phone of his facility and what they offer. And so the price point seemed pretty good and the product seemed promising, but we said, Hey, let's set up a, an appointment to go actually to your facility this week and look at it in person and take measurements and look at the power requirements and take some of our own shirts and our own designs and do some testing. And so it just got us thinking, Hey, this could be a way that we don't have a 50 piece minimum anymore. We could, you know, a lot of our retail, we could benefit from having direct to film on certain items. So it just got us thinking if the price is right, on, on financing this and that the monthly makes sense, then we might be able to make some sense of having this because we can't put another auto in this building. It just doesn't, there's no room and the right. second floor won't support it. So this could be a way that we could actually do further production. And I think that's what it comes back to is we're looking for ways that this building in the square footage could produce more and we're having to get creative and that's probably going to either be embroidery or, and, you know, direct to film or, uh, we, we don't know. We don't, we really don't know. We have two manual presses up here that we use as well. And that's been nice, but you know, they, you start to kind of get creative and, and brainstorm on, on new ways to, to generate revenue and, and make your top line go up without burning out your employees on the main floor where they're having to work at work late or come in early, or we're saying, Hey, we've got to get four jobs done on each press day instead of three jobs. Well, it's easy to say sitting from your desk, but the employees will start resenting you if, if you're expecting too much out of them and it's not realistic. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, do you think that if you got that machine, it would be something that you would promote that you had? Or would you just, it's just for you, it's like more cost effective to just have it? I, I think we would definitely promote it. I think because we have a retail spot and it's and it's it's uh, it's frequented so often by the your average retail customer that could have a print need, you just never know who you're running into, you could easily put things up in the store that says, Hey, just to let you know, we also offer custom screen printing now offering lower minimums, blah, blah, blah. I think there's ways that we could promote it. Um, I just want to make sure that the direct to film, we can stand behind it and that we actually really like the fit, the end product. And that's yet right. to be known. I mean, it's worked for hats. It's worked for certain promotional things, but I don't know, if it's going to be good for the customers that come to Norman Roscoe, come into our retail, feel our shirts and say, Hey, I thought I was expecting what y'all have on the retail floor to be indicative of what y'all are going to print for me. And we're like, Oh, well, normally it would be if you ordered 50 or a hundred or whatever our minimums are going to be. Right. But because you didn't, we're doing it on this other method. And then do you even want to get into the whole explaining that and educating them on what direct film is versus screen printing versus water base versus discharge? You know, some people want to know all that. And some people, their eyes glaze over and they're saying, yeah, I just want a shirt printed, you know? Yeah. I think the question for that is like, what is it for? Like, what is your, your use case? And if they're just like, Oh, you know, it's like for a giveaway or it's this or that, then you're like, okay, well like washability and this is fine. Like, this will be great. But if they're like, Oh, this is like a high end, like I, this is my clothing brand and whatever. It's like, well, do you sell them something like that knowing that it doesn't wash as well as like a screen print or, you know, like I think we would system. obviously have to, you know, we've talked about it, just giving a, a disclaimer of sorts of, of what it is, you know, and, and what it isn't. And I do think a, a big part of it is based on quantities. It's, it's, it's not, 
it, it, it's not like the ease, although uh, it justifies the quantities because of of the the, the ease. Um, our hope, and obviously we'll know more tomorrow, is that the compromise isn't of a, of a value that makes it um, not a viable option. It's just something to your point. You might have to just be a little bit more transparent of saying, okay, with these quantities, this is the, you know, this is how we print it. And if, if you're able to come by and feel it, or you want to take a look at it, this is how it differs. And I think given that, you know, they're going, they're going to know, and we're going to know, like, does it even matter? Because that's, you, you know, as well as us, there's so many people that can be so, uh, you know, just so into the feel and I don't want to feel the ink at all. And some are just like, yeah, it looks good. Uh, you know, maybe more about the garment or something, you know, and, um, and even nowadays, some people, it's like the script has flipped of what, like what people like is what people used to not like, mm -hmm. you know? And so, I agree. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah I my daughter, my daughter's 13 and, you know, into trends and, 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 you know, for Christmas this year is all about, the, the different brands that she wanted to get. And so I was looking at the sweatshirts and t-shirts she got, and I could tell a lot of them were direct to film. You could just feel mm -hmm. it. And I was like, yeah, this is not screen printed. And she loves it. It's, and all our friends love it too. And I, that's when it made me think, you know, a lot of kids, they don't care. They're, they're, they're not, they're not concerned with the way it, the, the method it's printed. Not to say that should make it to where I'm not concerned with how we print things, but I just need to remember not everyone's as precious about, things as we are when, when you're when you're in the industry right and i think to your point with that though is that more and more and we we talked about this on the show before is like stop using the word transfer and more say something along the lines of like a heat applied product like it sounds fancier to say it's a heat applied product but like more and more i'm seeing even at like the van store and like carhartt and like all these other things is it's not Printed, it's a heat applied product. Yeah. Or it's a different decoration method. It's even another right. way you could say like it might not be DTF, but it might be some kind of like transfer that's like a high density thing or, you know, mm -hmm. some kind of silicone or, mm -hmm. or whatever. But to the point of that is I have a very large customer that um, we do a ton of stuff for. And for the first time ever, a, a large customer has come to me and said, like, here's my, you know, order sheet for this month. You know, it's, you know, 14 different items all this other stuff but six of the items they specifically request request a dtf and i was like oh my god like what like this is new like this is new that they're specifically requesting this so yeah. then i was like because again normally when we do that where it's more a quantity based thing we're like okay because the quantities weren't low they were like oh i need 500 of this you know 400 of this 300 of this and i was like well yeah we could do it for sure and then I looked at the artwork and it was I the reason why I guess that they wanted to do DTF was because it was probably like a 14 color print or something. And it had like it was basically like digital art, you know, like someone probably AI did or something. And uh, it was like fades everywhere and 14 colors and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, we could print it. It wouldn't be the most fun. Like it would be challenging, whatever. But like, let's quote it versus screen printing. So anyway, we, we did the full quote of what it would be as like a 12 color print screen printed. And then we did a full quote, like without cutting corners or anything, what it would be DTF. And DTF actually was cheaper to do with that quantity and with our full, you know, we do a markup on the DTF and we also obviously mark up and like a good size markup on just pressing it and the time and everything else. And it worked out to be like, yeah, this is the cost of doing a DTF and this is what it is. And they were like, all right, cool, let's do it. So it's funny, like 
I didn't have to sell them. They were just like, this is what we want. So now I'm kind of thinking too, like, like, what do we do? I think once it, like DTF is new to the market. And I think once it makes its way further, you know, like you're seeing it at retail, just like you guys said earlier, seeing it at Target, your daughter's getting it, you know, for Christmas and all this stuff. I think once it's in the mainstream more, which is maybe already happening, people will even start requesting it. We get that here too. And um, our success with DTF is just based on setting expectations, you know, just at the beginning, because, you know, just letting them know that it's different and um, that really that's impossible to get it screen printed because maybe they don't meet quantity minimums, you know, with our colors and everything. So if you really want this order and you want this many colors and on this item and everything, this is the only option and here's what it feels like, you know, and so we've never had anybody reject it. Um, that's incredible. So, I mean, it works out, you know, like it works out as long as you're setting those, those expectations up front. But if you just willy nilly decide here, you know, oh, wait a second, I think this needs to be DTF and then you do a TTF and they come pick it up and they're like, wait, wait, you know, this is, what is this? And Hold then you're, I got an example. Keep talking. Yeah. Then you're just like rolling the dice on it. So that's how we've had success with it. I, I'm, I'm definitely excited about the, the potential of it. Um, we, we do turn away a lot of business. Um, we, we have pretty good success at getting people to bump up their, their order to meet our minimum. But I'm, I guarantee you maybe 5% of our business a year, we don't get because of, because of minimums and they, they go somewhere else that will do it. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I see, I think the potential outweighs the negatives with it for sure. And like you said, as long as we can be upfront about the expectations, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. So we had this customer that was a band and they were ordering like a hundred hoodies or whatever. And again, like printing hoodies with fine detail and like all this other stuff is always kind of a, a pain in the ass. Like it's doable, but again, like we're weighing the options of like, what is the use case for this? What are they okay with? Like whatever. So this hoodie is four locations. So it's both sleeves, left chest and back. And every location would have been probably like a six, eight color print, like both sleeves, everything. And then you think about that and you're like, fuck, that's going to take forever on press. We're going to spray these and like all this other stuff and have issues. So we, we talked to them about doing DTF on these and they kind of were like, yeah, like they, uh, again, like we were talking about, they were like, I don't care. Like, I just want this to look good and I want the customer to be happy, you know, the fan to buy it or whatever. So like we were super impressed with how these came out and we've, we've gone back and forth with like different places and whatever we want to do this with, but I don't know if we can even see this on camera, but like the sleeve, there, there's all these like vines and things that go through and everything's like yeah. super fine yeah. detail. Mm -hmm. But that's like each sleeve and then the left chest again, there's like these vines that like fade into the hoodie and everything else. And then the back is like this whole big thing like that. So is, is and it that, looks and feels great. Like it is, has so much negative space in it. That's what I was going to ask. Is, is all the black in there? Is it knocked out? And it's all knocked out. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like if you were to look at this, like not knowing anything about screen printing or whatever, like you would never guess this was a, like a heat applied product or a transfer in any way. Like that's awesome. the design itself lent to, it kind of looks like how they do like the line work on like a dollar bill or whatever, you know, it's all made up with tiny lines. Like that's what this artwork is. And all of the black in it is just negative space. So like the whole design like flows with the blank. It doesn't sound like a sticker when you like do this. Um, so we were like super stoked on these and we were kind of nervous just because again, it's like a, 
a newer thing of doing a whole run like this. And uh, the band got them and loved them. And immediately, like, they didn't even wait to sell them. They were like, let's just go ahead and order another hundred. And uh, this is the second order that we just did. And I have two in my office that I have to mail out to the post office. But we were stoked on it. I was like, hell yeah, this is this rules. And like the the funny part is, is like me as the owner and maybe like one or two other people here have gone through the motions of like testing all these things and learning about the process or whatever. But to just hand this to one of your like main printers and be like, hey, look what I just did in like 15 seconds. And they're like, fuck, like we're, I'm going to be out of a job. Um, but that's not the case. Like that's, I know we talk about DTF here and there, but it's just, it's another tool. Like now I can look at complicated, we get all these people all the time that are like, I want just 14 color print on hoodies. And again, like we all know as printers, like say they want like an Abella canvas sponge fleece or something. And you're like, what? Well, it's going to suck to print. Like this shit's going to move around on press. We're going to have registration issues. We're going to have this and this. Now I can look at like, cool. I can do that 12 color print, like as a transfer. And I know it's going to be perfect every time and it's all good. Like the only you know, issue I have with this is pressure marks from the heat press. I don't have registration issues. I don't have whatever. You know, you mentioned um, use case. I think fleece is probably the best use case. You know, oh, I yeah, would even, sure. I, I would even do one color transfers on, on fleece. It doesn't have to be 10 or 12, whatever colors. I think that when you, when you heat apply uh, DTF transfer, I call it a transfer onto fleece, it looks fantastic like it even beats out screen printing you can go over there and look at it and you're like i don't know i'm just really impressed with it on fleece because when it's on a t if it's on a thin t especially you can feel that that transfer more maybe like it has a different mm -hmm. weight when it's on fleece it doesn't really matter you know what i'm saying does that make sense i've always i've always yeah. said that screen printed transfers always look amazing on fleece like mm, yeah you know like pants sweatpants and hoodies and all that other stuff i i like doing that kind of stuff Yep. So what else is uh, new and going to be happening for Norman Roscoe in 2024? I know we talked about the equipment, but what else do you guys got going on marketing wise or anything else? Um, we're just carving out a spot for a hot tub up here. We were just talking about <laughs> earlier, just trying to, oh, yes. you know, we want to keep morale up at the shop. <laughs> I like um, I like the idea of hot tub over a cold tub. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the cold plunge. Yeah, that, that trend is out. We're going with yeah. hot now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, when they always hype up cold showers and how good they are for you, it's like, let's just start hyping up hot showers because there's a great thing about that too. <laughs> We're just showering in general. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hygiene. Uh, it makes you smarter. Spread it. Um, <laughs> we've, we've actually been talking a lot about this uh, over the past couple weeks. Um, and a lot of the reason is because, um, there's just a ceiling, you know, with our production to a degree, at least the way that we have been doing production. Um, and before, uh, well, we've talked about a lot of different avenues, but one of the things that we were talking to talking about that was kind of lower hanging fruit was just expanding hours. And then we even talked about if we had another facility, well, when you start going down that road, obviously, especially with another facility, you're just looking at more expenses and not to say that that isn't an option. Um, but we kind of started talking about just different elements that exist where there's room. Um, and part of that, obviously that we've already talked about was, was retail. And we just uh, met this week actually about trying to just be better, um, how we're marketing, um, 
you know, the, the algorithm that exists, um, whether that be online, whether it be wholesaling, um, uh, specifically our line of Texas tea house, um, for this state, it's very marketable. It's low hanging fruit and we've had a great response here, but also at live events. So we've, um, really been looking at how do we get that, those items, you know, in front of people more, um, whether they're wholesaling or just a retail, um, customer in store or online. Um, and then obviously with, with DTF or embroidery, it's just things that, we just had to say no to, you know, and we would farm out that if we're able to do those things ourselves, it just inherently becomes more of an opportunity for us. Um, and then like we talked about with live printing events, not that we're necessarily trying to do more live print events, but through the events that we've done, one of the coolest things outside of just getting in front of a new customer has been meeting other vendors that create opportunities, um, to, to partner together, whether that be doing a print or we've had a couple, uh, liquor brands want to, to do, uh, activation events for them to where we're not printing our, uh, or even selling our product. We're just going as Norman Roscoe, the printers that are printing their, uh, you know, item right. that they're giving away. And, uh, that's another exciting, you know, element just because I think a lot of times any industry, you can get so locked into just your world, your space, your team. And it's actually great to just step out and, and, and get introduced to other people. Um, and, and just, you know, not only just your product, but just people even doing a podcast or going to ISS and meeting other folks in the, the industry. Um, it, it actually opens things up a lot more and it creates the community element, maybe not going and cooking a meal at someone's house <laughs> randomly, but there is a community element that is very refreshing to us. And in this past year, I think we did that more than we have oh, yeah. in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've got a couple things I want to try differently this year that are kind of like that, but a lot of it is just like really focusing with my team on outreach and outbound sales and just like actually doing like weekly sales meetings and figuring that stuff out. Cause we've always been good about just talking about ourselves, but never had structure in that area of like, okay, let's actually put shit on the board and like cross it off and like dial all that in. So I've always looked at you guys like from afar of like really great with the marketing and like the commercials are fucking amazing always. Um, so I didn't know if you guys had like more of that stuff in, in mind for this year. Uh, I don't, we have, we have, a one of our teammates, Dan, um, he's been with us a, a year cause he went to ISS with us last year and he had just started working with us, but we've known him for years. He's a very talented artist, um, that's just been in work for himself for years and he still is in work for himself, but he decided to come work with us as well. And he's been huge about, he kind of just knew what we wanted and, what we were going for with our marketing and just stepped right in and said, look, I want to own this. And, you know, we're all going to be a team doing this, but I'm going to be diligent about creating content for, for Norman Roscoe and actually carve out a part of my day every day to do something, which is something we hadn't done. Like I appreciate the, the kind words you said about our marketing efforts, but we know our pitfall and what it was kind of shooting from the hip and not, not consistent. And we, yeah, we do a commercial with a, a group locally that does, very talented team called weekend video. They did our commercial and we loved what they produced for us, but it was that. And then maybe a month later we do something. And then maybe a week later, it was very hiccupy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I think that that's a big part of it is that we now have said, look, we got somebody who's talented that we want to invest in. And we're actually going to say part of your day every day is going to be doing this. It's internal. We're not hiring an outside agency, which I'm happy about because I feel like that could kind of, it could kind of make it a little bit more sterile sometimes, not yeah, all the time, sure. but yeah, you know, I agree. Um, but if you have somebody in, inside that knows all the inside jokes, that's part of the team, that's we're, we're rubbing shoulders every day together. What's well, going to be a more true aspect of our shop whenever we're posting things. And, um, but it's, it's an, it's probably an argument that every business has of the balance between our, do we go for being very candid and kind of silly and off the cuff, or do you polish it up, make all your, photos have the same color balance. Do you make everything be very homogenous so that when somebody's going to the gram, it looks very pretty. And right. let's say you get, let's say we get 20,000 followers instead of the 10,000 followers. Well, is that 20,000 because you look better on Instagram can actually result in more sales or you can have 10,000 followers that really are into what you're doing. And it's not just because it's cool to like your page. Is that going to bring more sales? Is that going to become a more loyal fan base? Those are things that I, I, I don't know, but um, we have kind of resigned to look, let's not be, let's not try to be something we're not. Let's just be who we are, put out what we put out. If there's things to improve, let's improve them, but let's not try to be some polished thing because we're not polished. We're very, we are very loose and, and, and vintage. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can kind of get into this just a little bit because it's kind of like a whole long topic in itself, but. Um, that was something I did like halfway through last year was the upstate Instagram. And before that it was Facebook. And before that was MySpace and everything was always me. Like that's how I started the company. That's how I always did connecting with other bands and all this other stuff was just me doing the social, reaching out to all these people and seeing what happens. Well, basically I ran the upstate merch Instagram forever and it got to the point where I felt like I was half or maybe three quarters posting about the work stuff but then i would also do stories that were kind of like my own personal stuff and it was kind of getting weird where you know we have like thirty thousand followers or whatever and it's like half of it is me talking about work and then later in the day it's me like playing xbox and talking about does any other printers want to play xbox and it was like all right this is weird so then i started my own personal and that was cool like all the people that were my actual friends and everything in the industry like started like following on that which was cool because then i could do my own story but what i found out is i kind of lost interest in just like playing the algorithm game of like oh i gotta post three times today or i gotta make sure i do this or i gotta post this in stories and tell them to go check out my post and scribble over it so they can't see it until they get to the thing it's like i hate that shit so much Mm -hmm. So I just got discouraged and like, I don't want to really do this anymore. Andy, you kind of had the same thing. Like you used to be on it all the time. And then you were like, fuck it. Like, what is this even worth? Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, about six, eight months ago or whatever, I got to the point where I was like, I, I want to really look into this, you know, marketing more and doing outreach and all this other stuff. I guess we, we play the game a little bit. And kind of like you said, you have a guy internally that was like, I want to dedicate time to this. Bill, who works for me, is like, again, one of my best friends. Like, I basically told him, I was like, hey, I'll give you this much more in your salary if you just like take 10 pictures and maybe a video or so a day and put them in our Google Drive. Like, you're already the shop manager. Just like as you're walking around, like take photos and videos of what we're doing. I don't care how good they are, whatever. Like, yeah, try to make good shots, but just throw a bunch of shit in a folder. And then at the end of every day, like we'll look at them and be like, oh, this one's cool to post. Like you might post one thing out of all of them, but at least you have something is happening. 
Sure. And then it got to the point where I was doing that, but I was, again, like you, I was doing it sporadically and I was like, Oh, I don't have time today or I didn't do this or I didn't whatever. So then I reached out to a buddy who does a lot of marketing stuff, does a, runs socials and stuff for a very large company. And I was like, Hey man, like I really just need to find somebody who can do this. Like, what do you recommend? He's like, actually I could do it. He's like, pay me this much money a month. And like, I'll make all your content. I'll schedule all your posts. I'll, you know, look into your SEO. I'll do all this, all this stuff. And, uh, it was huge. Like we went from, you know, five, six years ago, like almost all of our business was just from DMS on Instagram of like people seeing our stuff and wanting to where the algorithm got so hard that we were getting next to nothing from Instagram and Facebook and all this other stuff to now we probably get like 10 or more leads a day from Instagram just because uh -huh. of this. Like we set up a, a, you know, a link and a, like they kind of have like a quiz they can go through and do this whole thing. And then we just get an email that's like interested in shirts and it has like everything they want to do. And between that and hiring another guy to just look into like Google and like, you know, doing ads through that. Yeah. I do feel like you said, like I am selling my soul a little bit to like, it's not me personally saying things, but it's, the overall message of our company. And I recommend it to anybody to look into that stuff because if you get the key right people to play that game, like, again, we're getting good, like solid leads that are turning into like us right now. We're like, we're busy. We're never busy in January. Like right now we're trying to figure out like how to make this work. Cause next week we're going to long beach and Vegas and all this other stuff. And we're like, fuck, we have jobs we have to do next week. And like half of us are going to be gone. So in that you talking about that, I recommend it, like push that dude to like make cool stuff for you, but like maybe look for a person who's like, just their goal set is knowing how to play with the internet and what trends and things are happening. Sure. But I don't know. That's my two cents in that. Sorry. No, it's, that's great. Yeah. And I, I, and we really have felt like maybe those things can coexist because there are specific products that we'd like to, uh, you know, be more targeted, uh, in an intentional way, but, but not lose the personality of, of who we are. And, and that being a big part of the brand, I think, especially even between Ranger and I of just being more, uh, visible and, and vocal, um, because it is a big part of the brand, you know, screen printing, as you guys know, it's, you know, it's a ubiquitous type of, uh, industry, uh, and we're not reinventing the wheel, you know, um, and we know that, uh, we want to have great customer service. We want to put out a good product. We want to be at a good price point, but ultimately we want to be genuine and be ourselves. And that'd be a big part of the brand and why someone would even want to print with us. So, uh, I think be, having Dan do that and him knowing that, uh, not to say that a third party couldn't, couldn't keep that in mind, but I think, I, I, I guess we're trying to straddle it and kind of have both of those things. And, you yeah. know, so, yeah, it was very hard for me. Cause like I said, like for so long, it was my identity and I still get people that DM upstate thinking it's me. And it's like, has nothing to do with work. Like they're just saying like, I found this funny video and sometimes it's rough. Like, you know, the other dude now I have to be like, Hey, there's going to be people to send you Heads stuff. Up. It's like, it's rough. Um, but that's just friends sending humor stuff. Um, but again, like it was very hard for me to let that go, but it is working. Like I can see that it's working. I can see that it's still the same feel. It's just maybe 
I'm not, it's not as in the weeds as it was like when Andy would make a post. Like we've talked about this before, but like the reason why I liked when Shirt Kong made a post is because Andy wrote like a fucking essay that was like how he felt that day and like what was going on at work. It was, it might've been a picture of like a screen rack, but the, the content in it was just like, this is where we're at as a company. This is what we're doing, whatever. And that's, that's what we don't have with that is it's usually like a photo and then he might post something that's like, it, it might be a shirt of a Sasquatch and it'll be like post a couple emojis that have to do with Sasquatch or something and then be like hide and seek champion or something. You know, it's just like, yeah. it has nothing to do with anything, but in reality, like I need to let go of something if I want this to exist at all. And that's I think, kind of, I think they would both work. I mean, there's different, ways to um, present yourself or I guess market yourself in your company. You know, I say yourself, but I mean like your company. I think that both would work. My, um, I, I just lost interest in Instagram, uh, you know, a few years ago because everything changed, I thought, with Instagram. You know, it used to be so much more authentic and I don't know, I loved it and the algorithms. People would, you know, that followed us actually saw our stuff and then all of that changed. I think that, or my question to you is that, are you seeing, you said you had all these leads and they are actually converting to sales. Are they coming from Facebook, um, like a boosted Facebook post, or are they coming from Instagram? Because I still don't have faith in Instagram at all. <laughs> as far as I like 100% have lost faith in, faith in Facebook. Like I care less. I, I don't even want it. I want to delete it, but I need it to have Instagram and like all this other stuff. It's not boosting a post. It's more making a specific ad and just running it through Facebook or through Instagram. And then like we might make a video of us printing, you know, we did it. There's one that's running right now. That's like we did. We, we printed this alien shirt or whatever. And it's just a cool, like quick 10 second, 15 second video that like grabs attention. But then it basically says the fucking generic shit of just mm -hmm. like, do you need high quality merch or whatever. But again, we're getting stuff from that. Like, again, this is just a way to do, I feel like the, the easy outreach of just like, it's in someone's face. They see a cool print. They're like, Oh yeah, I do need to order shirts. That's not the focus of this company. That's just like orders coming in to just come in. The focus that I have in this company to work on it is I go now to try to find shit that we really are into. Like, you know, some comic book thing or some movie thing or whatever, and then get this like nice size client order in. And that's what we do. But to just have day to day filler orders of somebody being like, I want to start a clothing line. I want to order 25 shirts, four color front, whatever. That's what we're getting from Instagram is like the, the just churn and burn kind of orders that are coming in and they're, they're cool, but they're not something I'm like, Oh my God, we got whatever. I do have to say like, we, since we've done the Google thing, though, that's very targeted at the exact kind of customer we want. Instagram is more just like willy nilly anybody. But the Google stuff is like we're we're only putting in keywords that are like we want this style business. And we're getting like really good leads from that. Like we got one that was like a very famous like card company manufacturer, whatever. And I was like, like recently and I was like, holy shit, we got that from Google. Like that's somebody I would have had to, like you said, like send out a sample box and like go hand deliver cookies. And like, right. they just came to us from a Google ad. And I was like, that, that rules. Mm -hmm. cool. So I'm just, again, I'm newish to it. Like I'm six months into it and I already am like, 
yeah, this is worth like having a budget to be like, we're going to dedicate this much money into like mm -hmm. keywords and all this other stuff. What about email marketing? Do y'all do anything with that? I haven't done any. I, again, it's one of those things like I never have time to write one. Right. Like right. I feel like with an email, it needs to be like very t like crafted. Uh, chat GPT, five seconds. <laughs> I mean, you probably can. You definitely right. can. We are now of that segment before we finish called over under. And so I have five things today and I'm going to say them and you just let me know if you think they're overrated, underrated, or properly rated. First one is just January. The month of the January? Month, the month of January. Under? Rated? Just or rated, neutral. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we, rated. Uh, yeah. I think we've tried to use it as a great uh, kind of like, I don't know, just a springboard for new things. But as far as, you know, the busy season, it's probably under, but, but yeah, we'll and, go with rating. And, maybe and it balances. That, that's a good, that's a good example of our partnership and our friendship is we're Polito is very much an optimist. And like you said, it's a springboard. It's a new beginning. It's, 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 it's poss potential possibilities. I do have that in me to a degree, but a lot of me is goal start over. It's staring down the barrel again, you know, okay, are we going to make mm -hmm. it again this year? How, you know, the, the little bit of the fear sets into me at the beginning of the year, I get a little bit of the, the January scaries a little bit every year. Um, but that's, what's good is that I could, I like uh, literally just telling Pluto that yesterday or the day before about some of my very real fears and things that are kind of hit me this week. And they've been a challenge for me. And his response is, oh, we'll get it. We got it, you know, or whatever. He's, he's, he'll just encourage me and reassure me, no, we're going to have a great year. And I need that, you know, and, and it's, it's a really important part. I could, go, I could go further about our our friendship and our partnership, but that's just one good example of why things work well between us. I agree with both of that. I think you guys mixed into one human is how I view January. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with properly rated. I think that um, um, I was going to say overrated until... Plato talked me into just properly rated because you're right. Um, you inspired me to change my answer because it is, it is a springboard into the year and I'm looking to uh, like forward to a better year um, with less pain, and all that kind of stuff. But I'd, I was going to say, I didn't like January because, you know, it's for one, well, we're in St. Louis, it's cold, too cold. Um, it's the coldest month. It's dark too early. Like what's up with that? And then also we're slow, like we're incredibly slow. This is our, um, you know, we're so slow that, yeah, you take your week or your two weeks in, in the beginning and you like do your cleaning and you get all this stuff organized or whatever. Well, that's all, that's done. So there's no more doing that. There's nothing to clean. Um, and I think that that uh, for me, I'm, I, I think in terms of maybe a little bit longer, so not just the month, but maybe the quarter or the or, or more or, or you know like longer um, time frame because if you just look at your week you're like oh this is a terrible week we're losing money or a terrible day we, what did we lose you know and I think that's that's that is uh, isn't healthy and so what's better to do is think in terms of the month or maybe the quarter and just know that historically this is just how it goes and then it's it picks up for us though we lost a, a customer we lost a couple cust well we lost one customer and then one of our other ones one of our larger ones is delaying some of their printing until February and we're like oh please just send it now but they can't. And so it's weird. Um, I guess I just had a, 
uh, negative, some negative thoughts about January. And so I, I picked that, but um, yeah, you inspired me to change it to properly rated. So you guys are, you guys are the two inspiring. people coming in and cooking us dinner right now yeah. and, you know, warming our hearts. Guido's got the gift of inspiration. He inspires. I also like Mondays. That's, you know. <laughs> I do like Mondays. I also do like, I always say happy Monday. So talking about cooking dinner, I have one. Number two is Cacio e Pepe. Don't you know even know what, what that is. <laughs> I've, I've heard probably it saying, before, I have no probably idea saying it, it wrong, but it's fancy Mac sort of like, so it's just um, pasta with a is little. That, is that just the, the way to say hamburger helper? Another <laughs> They probably have a hamburger helper. Well, there's no hamburger in it, so it's just helper, probably. Pasta helper, is there L such a thing? So it's um, just has pasta and pepper, really, and some, like, a maybe a cheese sauce. Like, almost like fettuccine Alfredo with pepper, but, but not exactly that. You guys, what do you uh, think? I'm going to say it's underrated. It sounds, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we yeah, have to go with that. <laughs> sounds good right. to me. Okay, next. Uh, Reddit. Mm-hmm. I'd say over. I'd, I'd say proper, uh, properly rated. I, I I love Reddit. I'm on it a lot and do a lot of a lot of research on there and find, for the most part, it's pretty helpful. I used to go on Reddit a lot, and I feel like it was always a good way to find conversation starters, like just going on your like news feed of Reddit or whatever and seeing like what's going on and all these articles and stuff. And it got to the point where it was kind of annoying to my friends because I would always be like, oh, did you hear that? Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> yeah. like stop giving us facts. Like, you're just the looking at Today I learned. <laughs> so then I, uh, I, I hopped off Reddit for a little while. I think Reddit is underrated. And maybe that's just because I, it's my new favorite app. Like, I knew about it and was on it a little bit then off of it for years and years. And now... Because of my um, surgery, I found this support group. And I know you said earlier, you went on Reddit and it was like some negative stuff, but the one I'm in, for whatever reason, it's it's very positive. And so it sort of helped me, it acted as a support group. Like these strangers, wherever they were in the world, I don't know even their names because they're weird. They have these weirdest, weird names, but they care, you know, and they understand kind of this is weird injury, you know, that not a lot of people get and they they understood and, I don't know. I think it's really cool. So I, I love Reddit right now. Yeah. Another thing I really like about Reddit is it does seem like if you're going to be in the Reddit club and, and be active in it, it's, it's really discouraged to be a troll. Like it's really, you don't mm -hmm. find many people going there to be destructive. It's really a pretty helpful place for the most part, anywhere you go in there. But, um, but I also do, uh, I also will say to your point, it's like the thing I love about Reddit is like just today, I went everywhere from car audio just a little bit of screen printing questions. I we're talking about embroidery. I went on Reddit looking at reviews of like late nineties Tajima um, model and found some stuff about that. I mean, just in one morning, I used that one app for like four different aspects of my interest in my personal life. You know, it's, that's cool. And, and, and good and good, useful information at that. Yeah. <clears throat> Agree. Properly rated. <laughs> Properly rated. Yeah. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go down back to properly rated since you guys have now done the inspired positive. Oh, inspiring each other. This is so good. Uh, I just don't use it. So that's probably why I was, it's like it must be overrated. I don't use it. Well, Reddit has something for everyone. Like you can, whatever group you want there, there it is for you. Um, next good or bad. we have, yeah, good or bad. That's true. Uh, next we have dual tack palette tape. 
no idea. Never used it. I, th- but I've heard very good things. Like there's certain people that love it. Say they can get like thousands of shirts done, not reapply. Some people said it's a little too sticky at the beginning though. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what y'all think. I got a sample of it. I can't remember if it was PMI or somebody gave me a sample of it. And you're talking about the one that you put on and then you peel the top layer off and it's sticky, like right off the bat, right? Right. Yeah. You don't have to apply adhesive. Yeah. It's perfect for live printing. Mm. Okay. Because we would always take like pallet tape and glue and we would have it and, you know, we would like re-glue the pallet. But the problem is you have no like flash to like, you know, dry the glue and like all this other stuff. So you end up like putting test shirts on, like damping Mm. it and make sure you're not getting like too sticky, whatever. And then, so now we found with a dual tech, uh, we can just go to a live print with a fresh pallet, put a fresh piece of it on, peel it off, and it will last obviously for like the whole live print. And then when we tear everything down and go to do another event, we just peel it off and then we're ready to go for the next one. Like just bring a roll with us and it's 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 great. So I really like this. It's been really good for live printing. Okay. But in the shop, I don't use it. So. I think it's underrated for specifically for live printing. Okay, well, um, next and last, but definitely not least in my book anyway, peas. <laughs> I'd say underrated because they're especially mashed peas. Uh, there's a place called Pie Minister in in the UK and anytime we're over there, I always get a pie and you got to get the peas, uh, part of the pie. And, and I don't have them that often. And there's quite frankly, not a lot of places that offer it. So I'm going to say underrated. I know that was a long one. <laughs> I'm going to say overrated. Cause I, since I was, <laughs> since I was a kid, that's been, uh, I mean, I can remember peas and corn and my parents saying, you're not leaving the table until you finish those. And it was a battle. Nostalgia. It was a battle. Yeah, that's one of those nostalgic things that I, I'm not a fan of. But yeah, I'm going to say overrated for that. I still can't really stomach peas. One of my favorite foods is shepherd's pie. And the shepherd's pie that I usually make or get from someone else has peas in it. So I'm going to say they're they're underrated. I won't eat them by themselves. Like I'm with Ranger on that. Like fuck peas by themselves. (laughs) But if it's, if it's in a delicious potato and meat dish, I will eat them. I'm also underrated. I love peas. I think that, so we have, you can just buy like Trader Joe's or anywhere. You can buy peas? Frozen peas to keep them in your freezer. And because, well, he said he, he wasn't, or was, they were hard to come by. Maybe when you're eating out, but if you're at home. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Then just few peas. Like you could put it in your Casio Pepe. Cashio e pape. There, there you go. <laughs> um, so, so I love peas. And did you know they're not a vegetable? I looked this up yesterday because I was curious um, as to the nutritional Legume? benefits. Yeah, they are exactly. And so they have because I always I always put it under. Yeah. Would it be Would it be cashio de pipi if you put peas in it? <laughs> There you go. That's Perfect. all, folks. We'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> but on that note, it was great having you guys on again. It was it was awesome to see you. I'm glad you guys are evolving and trying new things. And again, I always like watching you guys on Instagram and stuff. So keep doing rad shit. Oh, thank you. Thank you all very yeah, much. It was an honor to, to talk to y'all. Yeah. And big fans of y'all, too. Uh, early on, real quick, early on, and when we were first starting our shop at our old location, I mean, y'all were two shops that 
we would look to for inspiration and whether it was a shop tour or me asking Dylan about getting a sprint dryer or y'all were just the big boys to us little kids getting started. So it's, it's really cool to, to connect and, and feel a little bit like we're, you know, contem- contem- contemporaries, you know? Yeah. Kind of like what Polito was saying is, and it seems like the theme of this episode now is like community and, you know, changing each other's mind. But I, I do think that like, you know, we're far away in distance, but I feel like, in mind we kind of all have similar aspects going on and we're all kind of just good humans trying to do good shit so yeah um, i'm glad you guys are part of that cheers to that cheers cheers bye guys have a good rest of your day see y'all too